Alright, here we go. Yeah, cool. It looks like we are live. And one of the things we're going to talk about today, coming up later on, and Colin hadn't heard about this, but we're going to talk about Pentagon documents reveal the U.S. has planned for a Bitcoin rebellion. And, and I mentioned Colin, so we are here with Colin Cantrell. He is the founder of Nexus Earth. It is a uh, cryptocurrency with its own blockchain. Uh, you guys have been around for a while. It was like 2014 is when you guys were uh, you know, first starting off, off in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, started developing the protocol, uh, it would be May of 2014. And then we launched that September of 2014. And then it's just been consistent, ongoing development. Um, I mean, a number of years was just assessing the industry and assessing the technology properly. And so we started with like an old pure coin uh, code base, just so I could learn to understand how to think like Satoshi. And then I liked uh, Sonny King's, you know, proof of stake, who was the first proof of stake implementation. So I studied all of that code to understand it before we started changing it, I guess you could say. Um, and from that understanding, like Nexus kind of has been born of all of the, how should I say it, the, the architectural issues of blockchain technology, because a lot of people say blockchains are inherently unscalable. Um, and that's not true. That is uh, a narrative from Blockstream. Uh, it's the general narrative of we need layer two solutions because if layer one doesn't scale, then you need layer two, right? Then how is uh, blockchain going to make money though if they can't make exactly, money? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's pretty apparent if you look at the evidence, right? If you just look at the track record, like um, old posts on Reddit, right? On our BTC or our Bitcoin. I can't remember what one was the the non-censored um, one. But if you look at old posts, the downvoted posts, the most downvoted posts from like 2012, 2013, you'd see a bunch of posts about Bitcoins and tulips, right? That was the common narrative, right? Against Bitcoin for its early years. Oh, you guys and your tulips, it's going to fail, blah, blah, blah. Bitcoin's dead. There was a website called bitcoinsdead.com, right? Because it was just this joke of showing- I think 99 Bitcoins has had like, what, like the last 200, I mean, this was a couple years ago that it was at 200 times Bitcoins died. And now it's, you know, we're probably well past that. But uh, I yeah. guess, but you know, I guess so you, it sounds like you have to know what Bitcoin is before you can make Bitcoin better. Yeah. On it first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's, I mean, just based on my, my observations purely. So, I mean, just take that as my observations. Um, I've noticed that um, a lot of people are maybe seeing the potential to make money in the industry and it doesn't take much effort technically to make that money, right? Like Tron is a perfect example. Um, you could just copy Ethereum J, right? And then plagiarize a couple of light papers and then do some, you know, psychological manipulation and marketing and boom, now you have a cryptocurrency project, right? But they- I, I know by late 2017, part of me was like, instead of like bust my ass trying to think of like all these ways to get, you know, crypto IRAs and crypto trust and charitable trust, like why don't yeah. I create like an ERC20 token, spend, you know, <laughs> two days on a white paper maybe, yeah, and yeah. then uh, become a millionaire that way. And it almost seemed yeah. like, you know, so many people were just skipping all these different steps and just going right to how we're gonna change the world with everything, yeah. everyone buying into their BS. And I liked how you guys did, you know, Basically, you just launched you know, Nexus without doing a pre-mine and without doing yeah, an ICO, yeah. without doing, which is, you know, hallmarks of, not to say all of them are scams, but, you know, when you're doing these, there's you know, certain hallmarks where if you check up enough of these hallmarks together, you know, yep. it's not, usually not a good thing. And so I commend you yeah. guys for not doing that. Oh, thank you. And I mean, we're, we want to 
build something real and something sustainable and I mean not want to we have built something real and sustainable and not just technologically but like economically right I mean if you have developers having 80% of the total supply it's kind of a joke to the economics of the system right I mean just nobody should have that large of a share but that's how some of these projects like look like they have such a large market cap, right? And they have ridiculous supplies, right? Like billions and billions of tokens because one Satoshi price swing at a billion tokens is a lot more change in your value than, you know, one Satoshi at like a hundred million, right? And a lot of people don't even understand that there's, they're like, oh, well, this one costs 20 cents and, and this one's cost, you know, $10,000 at the moment. So automatically the one that's 20 cents is cheaper, not realizing that, oh, Ripple has, you know, a hundred billion of them. Or I'm not sure what Ripple's trading at now, but. Yeah, and. A, a good example, let's just say you have a, a cryptocurrency with a billion tokens, right? And each token is worth $1, just so that we have something simple to work with, right? Now, let's say the price goes to $2, right? So the market cap at first is going to be $1 billion, right? And then the price doubles, it's going to be $2 billion. So the market capitalization, right, the total money in the economy has doubled. It's increased by $1 billion, right? Now let's go down to like Nexus, right? We're going to maximum have 100 million tokens that's, or coins, right? That's going to be the maximum amount of NXS ever created. Um, so now let's say we're $1. So our market caps 100 million and then let's say we double in price to two dollars now we've only gained 100 million dollars in market cap versus one billion dollars right where the change the price change could have been like as far as liquidity in the market it could have been just the same amount of resistance to change the price but yet the same amount of resistance would yield you a billion dollars increase in market cap versus 100 million right so it gives you an unrealistic expectation of how much value is actually in that market cap because market cap should accurately model how much money you can get in and out right but they don't necessarily and that's why you're seeing more of these really really large supply tokens and things like that because they just need small price swings to make their price go up higher right it's just a play on the economics right but we're not looking at how to play economics to make yourself look a certain way right we're here to actually well, you guys know a lot about economics yeah yeah and so. my wife is you know studied economics and like you know she worked for an investment bank way back in the day so she saw really early like all the issues with it right so she she helps with some of the economic perspectives in the game theory but like the power of these systems is in how you implement the economics in the game theory right a blockchain doesn't just build itself magically it does because there's incentives right miners earn money and verify the transactions and you need well, some those. people say satoshi's an ai so maybe in that case it would be so yeah i mean and that's that's another downside to bitcoin right i mean if you look at the formations of everything right or the the source of something right now bitcoin the source of it is secrecy um hidden you know you don't know who satoshi is um, you know, experimental, right? It was like a bit of a beta project. If you look at the original Bitcoin code, I mean, it was like pretty simple, pretty raw, right? I mean, he said in his original post, actually. Um, well, simple to you, maybe not simple to everybody watching or well, listening, but. What I know. mean is simple is like, okay, so there's like three checks, three main checks. You have check block, accept block, and connect, right? Check is just like before I have the blockchain, right? Before, think of the blockchain as like your. Um, point of reference. So when you don't have a blockchain, you're just like this object in floating around in the universe, right? You're just, there, there is no connection to anything. You're just boom. And that's, that's like where you have an orphan block or something like that. So check is the first set of checks where you say this block out in the middle of the ether can be checked without 
reference to the blockchain, right? Like I can check its proof of no work. No pun intended with Ether. But yeah, <laughs> I can check I can check its proof of work calculations without having previous blocks. I can check, um, you know, digital signatures and things like that, right? So check block comes in first, then accept block comes in when you actually accept it to the blockchain, you link it to the previous block, you have to have that previous block in order to accept it, right? And then you write it to disk and accept usually. And then connect is where you actually connect the inputs of the transactions, right? So those are the three main stages, right? Um, now, accept block, right, in Bitcoin 1.0 was five lines of code. <laughs> I mean, and for perspective, it's like maybe a few hundred lines of code. And each one of these checks, right, in this accept block are really critical checks, right? They are critical to the security of the network. So, I mean, just from that being like five lines of code, it just, you know, it was really, 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 really rot, right? Satoshi wrote in the original description, he says, there is no guarantee the network state will not need to be reset. He's like, this is like pure alpha. Like he just launched it and created the forum because he needed to get people involved on the network to start testing it and growing it and learning, right? Is that sort and, of like, you know, perfect is the enemy of the good. So let's just get something or, you know, let's just get something out there now. And then other geniuses will kind of come in here and, and you know, kind of make it better. Well, I mean, or? and Satoshi didn't really know a whole lot about peer to peer stuff, too. I mean, some of his early posts you read, he's, you know, asking about how to open up ports. And he's like, oh, what's the best way? And some people are like, oh, use UPnP, right? And that's what they still use to this day. And I have no um, idea what you just said. So you said um, very, very, very well, casually. Okay, no so you, you've got like 10, 10 computers behind your router, right? So you're sharing the same IP address on the router, right? You're, you're yeah. all, all your traffic's going in and out of the router. So you need to have an, a local address, right? So if somebody is trying to connect to your IP address, your router is not going to know what computer to send that traffic to right? Because you just got like 10 computers. It's like, well, there's one port and you got 10 computers. So UPnP forwards that port. It opens up the port and it forwards it to your local computer, right? It gives it a pathway. You need a pathway and says it goes to this computer. And that's called NAT traversal, right? Which stands for network address translator. Since there's only 4.3 billion IP addresses in IP version four, you can't have a, a dedicated IP address for every device, right? That's where IP version six has come to try to help that but it's 20 years in and it's not been adopted yet and this is basically what you're saying like from the ipv6 is that there's not enough different like, like the lengths of characters is only so long that as we start getting into the internet of things and there's more and more and more devices connected up to this that we're going to need yeah a certain number of bytes right like if you've heard that in computers a byte is just eight bits right so um the maximum number you can store in eight bits is 255 right it's like crypto um, gang signs no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um so a byte can just be between you know 256 values zeros including a value so it's zero to 255 so 256 values then you add two bytes you multiply 256 by 256 which is about 65,536 right and then you know you get to four bytes which you multiply by 256 and multiply by 256 again and that gets you 4.3 billion so in four bytes that's a maximum value if you notice your ip address 255 255 255 255 that's the biggest ip address the maximum ip address um that's the top and that's that value in integers right instead of just individual bytes is about 4.3 billion right so we so, can't have 7 billion people on earth who each have five devices nor you can't even have one to one right with we iPhone can't 4. spy track trace and surveil every single person <laughs> on know, earth right? <laughs> and give them all vaccines unless 
yeah we have, so, uh, unless we have this so so on. to fix that they have these net network address translators where your router can you know many devices can share the same IP address but with peer-to-peer -peer technology right it becomes a little more difficult because you have to be in an available state you basically have to go out to the network and say yo you can connect to me right allowing somebody to connect to you requires that open port in your router right for you to connect to someone else your NAT is actually giving you a special port. So like if I go to google.com, I'm opening up a connection and the NAT is opening up and saying, okay, well, this one request to Google needs to go back to this computer. Or duckduckgo.com. Or yeah, or duckduckgo, <laughs> right? That's what we don't, I've been we don't using. Wanna give, we don't want to give Google I'm, any more free dude, advertising. I'm so. totally done with Google, thankfully. Like I actually set up this, um, it's called NextCloud. You check it out. It's uh, self-hosted. It's pretty much like a free open source cloud where you can host all your files. You can do document editing. Like It's got everything that Google has and then some. And it, you can download these apps and stuff in it. So it's like... I just set that up now. We're like completely Google free. It's nice. Like, and if you're watching this right now on YouTube, uh, please also as a, uh, <laughs> as a as an end run around, if you'd also join the podcast, we do have links that are actually scrolling across the screen where it's on iTunes, you know, Spotify, all the places where you, all your favorite podcast cats catching apps. Uh, and it also, I mean, I don't really think that this is going to be here forever. So right now, if you're watching us on those platforms, just please, you know, you can join our emergency text list down below by typing in Liberty Advisor, one word to 71441. Then we have a way to keep up with you guys, uh, you know, in the, not in the event, but like the day we're kicked off or whether we get kicked off or we kick ourselves off. Uh, yeah. You know, that remains to be seen. But, you know, they don't want certain messages getting out. They don't want things, people talking about crypto. Uh, you know, that's probably the least of their concerns of all the stuff I talk about. But, you know, it's, yeah. but you know what? Crypto is something that can help, you know, I wouldn't want to say like overthrow the system, but you know, if, if everyone at the Black Lives Matter rallies, you know, if they really wanted to help change the system, they would be getting into cryptocurrencies and knowing that that's yep. the way to, you know, get the man. Because you see, I mean, I see things like where it's, you know, JP Morgan Chase, you know, supports Black Lives Matters. And then, like, when you understand, like, the history of the founding of the Federal Reserve yeah. and how, like, JP Morgan was basically, like, at, like, the root, is basically, like, the root of the founding of the Fed. And then the Fed is, in and of itself is, like, this high tech basically slave slave system high tech i guess it, i mean it's i would say for back then it's a high tech slave it's, a, it's a new type of enslavement yeah it's 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 like, the type of enslavement like, oh, these slaves like we've got to you know feed the slaves and do this and that yeah. and, and make sure they're not you know they're well, probably the slaves are probably getting better health care as slaves than, they, than we are today you know because yeah. they wanted to make sure that people actually were you know doing work but uh yeah let's let them run around a little bit you know give them these little cards and then uh because they found that we're more productive if we think we're free and so, yeah. hey, we just siphon money off every single transaction, yeah. every dollar that's ever been created. The really powerful thing that they actually did succeed in doing is creating self-enslavement, right? Like where people enslave themselves and then they act in this kind of status schizophrenia, right? I got this, there's a line from a movie, My Dinner with Andre, which is really great. It, it kind of highlights that. He says, he's like, do you ever wonder why people never leave New York? They, they're like, oh, why would you leave New York? The pride. Oh, it's the best city on earth. Oh, New York, New York. Why New would York. you ever leave? New York. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, and he's, have you seen so many people that have been trying to get out? And he's like, but they can't. He's like, do you know why? He's like, because New York is the new model for the new concentration camp, right? Where the inmates create the prison and the inmates act as guards. They live in a state of schizophrenia. Why would you ever leave New York, the best city on earth? Oh, you're an upper man, blah, blah, blah. Why would you ever leave? You've got the blah and the blah. And these people never leave, right? They 
actually create their own prisons and they pay a lot of money for big prison cells right well the thing is you're paying so much for your big prison cell that now you can't afford to leave because exactly. all your free you have hardly any exactly. free time because you're stuck in because you're race. stuck in that rat race trying to accumulate the money then you never see your house and now right? the new model they're and trying to build it down uh you know just south of us you know probably what, like 30 40 miles away bill gates has his you know bought out all the land over there i think by like tonopah ish area and oh, he's yeah. creating like a whole smart city mm. uh you know, like as you're driving out on the 10 out to San Diego, mm. that they're having that be like the beta model of like the smart cities in America. Yeah. And they want to do smart cities because they, you know, want to have everything computerized and controlled. But like one thing that, okay, there's a lot like, how should I say? It? There's a lot of talk about this whole, you know, futurist agenda of like everybody's under 1984 and control and whatever. Um, from my perception of it and my understanding of computers, we don't have enough computing power to put on 1984 everywhere. There's just not enough. There's like, we're already running in. If you notice processors aren't getting any faster, right? They're not like 10 gigahertz, 20 gigahertz. Now they're just adding cores, right? 16 cores, 50 cores. What's weird right? is like, I've got uh, like one of the computers behind me. It's just like a 2013 like Surface Pro. And I think at the time I had like eight gigabytes of RAM. And now like you go look at the new Surface Pros and they started like eight gigabytes of RAM. Like, but that was like seven fucking years ago. Like, why yeah. is it, like, why well, is it, so like, Moore's like, law is not linear, right? Moore's law is like, oh, every two years we double or whatever, right? Um, it's logarithmic, right? So what logarithmic means is like it starts off fast and then it tapers off, right? Because you start running into other issues. You can't just continue to make things smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller because you get these weird effects, like one of which is called quantum tunneling, right? More, let's say you have a barrier right here um, and you have an electron sitting on this side. The electron will just magically decide at one point in its life cycle that it doesn't want to be on this side. It's just going to go boop and now it's on this side, right? And it's called quantum tunneling because there's no way that it could have actually made its way through the matter, but it in a way disappears and reappears on the other side, right? Yeah, it's, and, like, it's like Joe Biden when he was, you know, for all the racism stuff and now he's over here supporting Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So, you know, don't mind it when I was writing the 94 crime bill yeah, putting yeah. all the black people in. I'm going to make up for it by having Kamala Harris as my VP who yeah. was also, uh, you know, putting black people in jail in California. So yeah. that's that's my guess is that she's going to be the VP pick. Uh, and who knows? Yeah. But who, because the thing is, once you understand how crypto works and how yeah. this is like the actual way to help free humanity all the other stuff just seems like complete bs and now you know here obviously this is not going to be the beginner show over here we're all we've already gotten into quantum tunneling yeah um you know that didn't take very long but we didn't, <laughs> didn't really didn't really have any any like pre i mean we had some interesting discussions before the show too yeah. uh, i mean yeah probably some we can't talk about but i mean even you know just everything like even like arizona in general and everything yeah going there's on here. there's a lot of interesting things happening to say the very least so on the quantum tunneling thing, this quantum tunneling breaks processors. When you get to a certain size, quantum tunneling happens more and more, and it burns these processors out. So we're really kind of reaching our like maximum speed, right? Um, especially with the clock speed. So they're just multiplying cores. So if you extrapolate out that understanding, you start to realize, oh wait, man, like seven billion people. And right? what's a core versus processing? It's basically like you're just taking the process power you already have, then like putting another one of those there you're adding it's to, just adding more processors into the the system rather than you know increasing the clock speed because they're really kind of like they're kind of tapped out. once you start getting into the giga like the giga range of things like especially with electronics like you start running into other issues because when you get past 300 gigahertz let's just say with emf like uh, communication frequencies 300 gigahertz is where the 
uh, infrared light starts, right? So you start coming out of electricity into light, right? When you start getting up to those really, really high frequencies. So we're only like three, five gigahertz, right? But I'm suspecting they're running into more issues like that where you start just radio waves and everything starts getting, they start acting a lot more different, right? When you get into those really high frequencies, like especially like you get really more directional range and it's like shorter throughput. And like, that's where a lot of the controversy with 5G is and blah, 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 right? Um, but now, do you see also? I've heard people talk about like the different like resonances. I'm not an expert in this. Yeah, yeah. it's not my area. But uh, like, there are certain resonances from the 5G, and I also I think there's like a difference between the 5G we have now versus the 5G that they're proposing isn't necessarily the same thing. Yeah, they're totally but, different. I mean, the 5G right now isn't. I wouldn't say like you're gonna get fried. It's using just uh, 2.4 or 5.8 gigahertz. So that's what Wi-Fi uses, right? So they're not. I mean, they're much higher than what they were. I think the previous 4G was 900 megahertz um, or around that area. So it's it's an increase in the frequency throughput, but it's nothing. You're not being bombarded with frequencies that you haven't already experienced before, right? Like your Wi-Fi router, right? If you sit closer or whatever, you're getting the same RF exposure, if not more from your Wi-Fi. Okay, because it's right behind me. So. Yeah, so <laughs> that's fine. But when you start getting up into the higher, higher, like I think they're trying to do like 24, four gigahertz and then they want to eventually get up to like you know 100 gigahertz and whatever i mean once you get into those really 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 high frequency you're really your usability kind of goes down significantly because of your range and also the the radio wave gets a lot more directional right when you get up into those really high frequencies it starts acting more like light right um and so it's not as effective, but one reason that they want to push those really high frequencies is because when you get to millimeter wavelength, right? Now you have millimeter granularity for tracking, right? If you're dealing with wavelengths, like I think 2.4 gigahertz is about two and a half centimeters, right? Like regular Wi-Fi, then five is like that big, right? As far as a wave cycle, I mean, 12.5 megahertz is like 80 meters right so there's so these, like if you're like a day trader like looking at like a daily chart versus like a minute by minute chart versus looking at like a second by second chart of yeah just like the, the really high 5g's allow you a lot more focus like granular focus so that you can have better tracking location tracking right and triangulation and like be able to see people in stores and stuff but like the other side of it too where this is like where i say everything kind of balances itself out right like they're trying to push these really high frequencies, but these high frequencies, for one, don't penetrate through walls, right? And they're going to require these stations to be everywhere. It's kind of like DC power was back in the day. Do you hear like that day. story, like where like the Xbox from back in the day, like the Connect thing, could like go through and like basically map out like your home through like being able to penetrate walls? And this is like probably, sure. I mean, this has to have been like eight years ago or something. Like it's not even new. Where like they expect the old school Xbox Connect thing. Uh, could like literally like map out like your whole entire home through different pinging off other devices. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of part of it, you know, that, that agenda. I don't think it's going to really go too far because, I mean, there's a huge infrastructural cost to developing all those towers, especially once you start getting into really high frequencies. You're just 
you run into throughput issues, you have line of sight issues, right? It's a lot more directional. It's not going to pass through walls. Because you need a lot more of them. It's not like the old school where you had, you know, towers here and there. It's like you need tons yeah, of Yeah, higher frequency means that it's not going to travel as far. You're going to have more path loss. So we need right? more uh, fake cactuses all around here. No, yeah. <laughs> they have they're disguising the 5G and like yeah, the yeah. cactus arms. And so, I mean, the fact that there's been thousands of 5G towers burned in the UK. Now, these 5G towers out there are 2.4 or 5.8 gigahertz. So they're basically burning Wi-Fi, right? Um, which is cool. Like, I mean, I think it's a good thing because people, it's pretty obvious that, you know, governments and authorities just do whatever they feel they want to do and they don't care about their people. Well, they say they care about their people. I don't know. I saw, you know, I saw and, a march where they were yesterday in Philly going to the mayor's house. It was like all the Italians trying to defend the Columbus. And finally, they're like, you know what? They're going to take down Columbus. They're going to take them down. Let's go to the mayor's house. And you have like a thousand people just walking right to the mayor's yeah. house. And it's just like, you know what? This is that, that's what they care about. They, you know, you see a thousand people outside your home. And now all of a sudden. Now they're accountable, right? And for the first time in a long time, these people are being held accountable for their actions, right? Their criminal actions, like running the world and not just lying and manipulating and cheating, but like actually causing harm on millions of people for a long time. I mean, they've been terrorizing things for quite a significant amount of time. And it's good to see people standing up and like the burning of the 5G towers now, like health wise, it's kind of pointless because you're not really saving yourself from anything. It's just like turn off your damn Wi-Fi if you're scared of that. Right. But I mean, the fact that people are doing it is showing that people are taking things into their own hands when they don't feel like there's an appropriate feedback loop between like those that represent us and those that are represented, then they're taking that in their hands. And it's pretty obvious that 5G was forced upon us, even if the frequencies that are used right now, you know, the two ISM frequencies, 2.4 and 5.8, aren't necessarily as bad as like 100 gigahertz, 200 gigahertz. But 75 gigahertz has been used in radar for a long time, right? Like satellites have been using, you know, 7,500 gigahertz. I mean, these these frequencies are not new to us. Right? Well, we could They're, say we've been doing a lot of things that are bad for a long time. Like, oh, they've been yeah. fluoride in the water since 1940. But, but like, yeah, well. you know, if you look at like the health, aspects of it like i know there's a lot of fear with the health of 5g and everything health wise we're already pretty much like at, we're, we're already being bombarded with tons of different frequencies so like you're not you're gonna have much of a delta or a change in that right um but you know i mean if you don't want it the way that they're you know displaying it with like the towers and the blah like you know that definitely like is not something that I definitely support, but that's why we're working on kind of like a, an anti 5G network where. Well, let's get it. Yeah, let's get into what you guys are doing. Yeah, so part of the issues I see is like EMF, electromagnetic force, or like yeah. frequency. No, electromagnetic force, um, EMF. So when that, how should I say it? Um, EMF is not bad, right? I mean, over a hundred watts, it's going to start cooking your tissue, right? Just that's just it heats everything up. That's how a microwave oven works. It's not the frequency of the microwave oven. Those are using two point four gigahertz. It's just the intensity, the power that cooks it, right? But you have also frequencies, right? Like um, if you've ever heard a piano that's out of tune, right? You try to play it, and you're just like, oof, you know, like the frequencies aren't harmonized because what's happening is like instead of the waves kind of harmonizing like this together, they're kind of like bouncing off each other in a way, and that's called destructive wave interference. So if you think of our bodies having these natural bioelectric signals, right, it's operating, and then you start getting bombarded with this unnatural frequency, it's gonna start to create a dissonance with your bioelectrical system, right? Which it, over an extended period of time, that can be not so good, right? But that's why we're working with different harmonic offsets, right? So 
432 hertz is 432 cycles per second um, is actually the original A, fourth octave A that we used to tune to. Um, Stradivarius violins and cellos were some of the most. And I don't know anything about uh, music, so I'm just gonna nod my head and say. Yeah, I'm so. gonna I'm gonna loop it back into yeah. everything. Like, um, 432 hertz is the resonant tune of Stradivarius violins and violas and cellos. So these are the, some of the most sought after instruments in the world, right? Um, and they had a resonant tune of 432. If you look at uh, the way the mathematics works, 4 plus 3 plus 2 is 9, then the lower harmonic, 216, 9, then the lower one, 108, 9, 54, 9, 27, 9, right? It's all 9. It fits in this perfect harmonic pattern if you do numerological deduction. If you do 440 like we have now, it goes 8, 4, 2, 1. It's not that type of pattern, right? So you can see different, like, Does patterns. it line up with, like, the gematria of a 2, or is that Yeah, it's cool because it actually, so the number of seconds in one orbital cycle of Earth ends up being um, the wavelength of a really low, if you do one over that number of seconds, you get a really, really low frequency. And then if you just multiply that frequency by two enough times, because you multiply it by two to increase your octave, right? So if you go from a C to a C, the next octave C, what's happening is the frequency is doubling, right? It's twice the frequency. And then the next one is twice the frequency again and twice the frequency again. So if you keep multiplying this frequency, you end up at a C, in a 432 harmonic series, right? You end up with a lower C. So Earth, C's get degrees. our orbit around the sun actually lines up and resonates with um, 432 hertz, right? And that also resonates with music and all these other things, which is really interesting. So we're experimenting. It's exactly with, why the bad guys don't want you to flourish because you'd be offsetting all well, the yeah, bad work. You're creating so. constructive wave interference where if you think about instead of de-amplifying and detuning people you can use communication frequencies to retune people right you can create um, harmonics that are beneficial to our body right they're not like an out-of-tune piano because right now we're walking around in just like out-of-tune music everywhere like the sounds the for vibration. those of us that are even walking around and not yeah. still stuck in our house yeah or yeah and i mean the television all the frequencies all that we're being bombarded with all these frequencies are just a storage mechanism for information right so what when I say you're bombarded with all these frequencies, you're being bombarded with information, right? Different types of information that may not be healthy information, right? Like consuming food. You want to eat healthy food because you're consuming healthy information. It's information. And they can even needs. do things like the flicker rates of TVs and television. Oh, yeah. And they use, like comatose they use like 27 hertz. And if you look at police lights, those frequencies that they use are highly tuned to elusive fear out of you, right? Like it looks kind of like wasp swarming if you look at the way. And it's it's meant to create like a, a stress, right? And that's they want you to be a little bit more stressed so that you're like less on your game, right? So that whole thing kind of like... You know, these, these frequencies are bombarding. So we're in a really bad song right now, right? Like, it's just this terrible orchestra. Everybody's out of tune. The conductor is out of time. And it's just like, and they're trying to play, and everybody's playing their own thing. And it's just like, ugh, that's the world we live in right now. So that's why it's more we're difficult. Sampling all these other crappy artists yeah, with all these other tyrannical plants. <laughs> exactly. And that's why it's more difficult for you to, like, stay tuned right if you like meditate a lot or you do yoga or things like that you know we have to or work out we have to do these things to keep in tune because we're being bombarded Even that phrase stay tuned like stay tuned stay tuned into their stay tuned tune. into their programming the program will be right back right oh. human minds are similar to computers right like i mean it, it can be programmed it's it, a programming is just 
the definition of the informational processing system, right? Like our brain is an informational processing system. So is a computer, right? And you're giving instructions to the computer, aka computer program, to process the information in a certain way. That's what TV is doing. It's instructing you to believe things a certain way. Like and our DNA is information. Yeah, exactly. So when you start using harmonics that are constructive, right? Then you flip that on its head where instead of me going out and constantly being bombarded and having to meditate and like to keep myself at this high vibration, the world around me lifts me up rather than breaks me down, right? So we can encode that through the communication system utilizing like 432 offsets patterns and stuff. Now, just to be clear, I don't have actual scientific evidence of benefits of using 432 hertz offset patterns. It's something that we've decided to utilize rather than base 10 offset patterns because it makes more sense using something that's harmonic with the natural earth. It also vibrates with the Schumann frequency of 7.83 hertz is another harmonic. Can you explain the Schumann frequency? Um, earth has, um, so as you know, lightning, we got lightning. It goes up and down actually. And not the have, lightning network, but no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not the lightning network. Well, it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it goes And I wish down. we had this other camera working. I just had my this go this other third camera and uh yeah. anyway, so we're, we're going to get the wider shot on you cuz the other one's kind of frozen but this yeah. is, but Colin is the first ever in studio guest that we have here at the new place. Yeah, and, we got to uh, christen it out, man. Yeah, I mean yeah. a lot of people that we I could have asked, but you know what? I'm, I'm I appreciate that, it. No, I, we we appreciate it as well. And about to head to New York actually, well, speaking of New York, yeah. Uh, flying out there tomorrow night, taking the red eye, and then nice. uh, going up to Boston and Pork Fest, Fork Fest. Nice. Then uh, heading out to Anarcho Vegas, Crypto Vegas in middle of July, which yeah. Aaron actually did some message. Uh, Aaron Nakamoto wanted to see if, if you're interested in becoming a speaker at uh, Crypto Vegas. So, yeah, yeah. Like, when? I think it's like July either 19th or 20th. Yeah, uh, yeah. In yeah. Vegas. I'm down. Cool. Well, yeah, well, I'll let her know that you're down. And uh, yeah, I mean, tickets right now, for those of you who are watching, I mean, it's like, I mean, to go to the conference, you can get tickets for like 20 bucks. And then, but you can also yeah. fly there for next to nothing now. Yeah. It is, you know, if, so if you're on the East Coast and like, hey, you know, this could be the time. So, you know, take advantage of the fact that everyone's too scared to do anything. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, just go out there. And if you're going to be at Pork Fest or Pork Fest or any of these other places, uh, you know, don't be afraid to say hi or hit me up, and then uh, yeah, it'd be cool. Anyways, I forgot where. We were, oh yeah, we're going to the Schumann frequency. Yeah. So so the Earth, um, think of the Earth. It has a magnetic field, right? We know about that. That protects us from solar radiation, many different things. You have the ozone layer, but Earth is an extremely electrified system, right? Planet, and there's um, this frequency, right, between the upper ionosphere, which kind of acts like a plate and a capacitor, and the ground, right. And this vibration has been called the Schumann frequency. It was named after a whatever Alfred Schumann or something. <laughs> um, uh, sometime in, I think, the mid-20th century. Um, but it was originally discovered by Nikola Tesla when he was experimenting with Zenic ground waves, right? Um, with the Tesla Tower and stuff like that. And he started noticing, wait, there's this weird interference frequency going on when I'm doing all this wireless stuff. And he found the Schumann, right? He didn't know what it was back then. And since, you know, the discovery like he of He was Schumann, sending electron... Like, like electricity wirelessly back then. I mean, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that at least through that's called the Zenic ground wave. So um, the reason the tower is tall is because it has to be one half of the wavelength of the frequency. So he's using about twelve point five megahertz, which ends up being about a forty meter wavelength. So the, the tower had to be twenty meters because it shoots it out at phase. But a Zenic ground wave um, is pretty interesting because when when you're passing, well, I'll get I'll do Schumann first, and then I'll get to Zenic ground okay. wave. 
Um, so there's this vibration, right? There's this vibration of the Schumann frequency and that vibrates in all of our brain cavities. And it's usually been about 7.83 Hertz, but since the 1980s, that has been on the rise. It's been increasing. Um, now, I mean, we're spiking at hundred Hertz certain times. And this right? is like the earth's natural frequency, the natural frequency of the planet. Yeah. So the whole planet's frequency is increasing, right? Like, and as you notice, like feels like there's less time and things like which that then gives everybody at least then helps keep everybody out of tune and then probably keeps them in this almost like paranoid uh, no, anxiety state or no no the schumann frequency is totally a natural frequency no no i mean the schumann's good but the the new higher resonating frequency that schumann's morphed into is that no no good? it's good it's, it's good? Okay. well so the increase in the schumann frequency is actually increasing the vibration of our consciousness of our brain waves right Brain waves are usually around like seven, eight hertz, right? And the increasing in that. I'll nod my head and say right, but I don't really know. But so, yeah, I'll something around there. It. Like, don't quote me on the exact numbers, but I think like there's alpha and beta and gamma, and it's somewhere like 10, 20, 30 hertz, right? So the increase in the Schumann frequency is actually elevating, right? As you're noticing more people are waking up or becoming aware of things, this is partially due to the, the Schumann frequency increasing, right? And the Schumann frequency is actually kind of doing this plunging thing now right where it'll shoot up to like 100 hertz and then it'll plunge down to like 50 and shoot up and i mean if you think of a toilet plunger right like a toilet bowl plunger where you're you're forcing the water up and down it's a similar type of concept with what shim is doing so think of it as just the earth kind of like shaking things up a little just bit just thinking like the elite like shoving a bunch of shit down or <laughs> they they try but they they can't stop that's what's really really awesome about what's happening now is there's a lot of things far beyond their power i guess you could say like we we tend to maybe over glorify them i call them the powers that were um their powers just you know i mean oh, not the powers that be yeah and i mean there's way more powerful forces than them i mean they've spent two millennia building all these you know empires on the mother's face and all Prison it takes planets, yeah. well yeah and all it takes is just a little bit of whoop there goes my continent <laughs> and then you know thousands of years of your so-called like genius and they're losing gone. it on the monetary system right now oh, yeah. i mean just i mean just look at all the crazy shit that's gone on since the last time you were over at my place oh my which, gosh dude i mean literally not even 24 hours since since when and you were at my that place was like right a month, after like a month and a half ago the yeah. next day the oil went negative yeah. So for anyone who's just like, oh, you know, you can't uh, get a Bitcoin because it could go to zero, and then <laughs> at, least, oil, at least at least oil it, at least Bitcoin wouldn't go to negative. Like, yeah, you here, can't trade. I'm paying negative. you to take this off my hands. Right <laughs> yeah, so, I, mean, I was trying to do the conservative thing and go into oil futures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy what's happening. So this the Schumann frequency, like if you've noticed, like you'll you'll feel like, super happy, and then all of a sudden you'll feel this, and then like all this, it's. In a way, it's the earth kind of plunging and cleansing, cleansing all that stuff out of us, right? Because we still have all that residual information in us, all the stuff we've absorbed, the anger, the blah, right? And that stuff needs to come out, right? Because like, in order to inhabit and create a viable future, we just can't be carrying that poison, those toxic, the toxic crap with us, right? We have to be carrying forward like positive things, right? Like, and part of that growth. So. The Schumann frequency is symbolic and it's also a physical, how should I say, it's something we could physically measure and there's evidence to support it, right? And showing like these effects and how it's affecting all of us, right? Now, even the full moon causes effects to people. Like if you, if you learn to start looking at these cycles, you start to understand, oh, well, market volatility, and this is a well-known fact, goes up during a full moon cycle, right? 
because the full moon actually creates slight disturbances in the electromagnetic field of the Earth, its gravitational field modulates our magnetic field, right? And those slight ripples and modulations in the magnetic field actually cause slight ripples in all of our consciousness. And so people that are a little bit looser, right, emotionally, are going to end up having more emotional outbursts around full moons. That's where the term lunatic came from. Yeah. It's lunar, right? And it's very well-known fact at mental hospitals that you watch your back during a full moon because the loonies get a little bit more loony. Loony, lunatic, Only loony. time I've ever been in a car accidents were on full moons. Full moon. People ran yeah. into me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You got to be. wood over here. I say only time, but yeah. So. Yeah, and you got to be careful. So when you start to understand. Friday the 13th, too. It was Friday the 13th and yeah. a full moon. There you with, go. Yeah, first car accident. And then my wife. We'll feature ex-wife recently got into one on the, on the full moon we just had like oh, yeah? a week and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, that was, but, I think, uh, a lunar eclipse, too. I think maybe. And I know the other one we got ago. into was like the blood moon, super moon. Like yeah. All yeah. Sorts of things, you know, coming together. And then, you know, also, you know, the harvest moon, like you see, wait to the full moon. Or is, uh, is, that a, is that just a full moon or is a harvest moon like a special? Uh, I think a harvest moon is the October moon or something. And it's like slightly more yellow or something. And it's and symbolic you, of the time when you harvest the food or something because like it's that. also like the like the moon is then also then helping pull like the gravitational pull is and helping pull like the nutrients even like out of the out of the ground out of, well not that there's a lot of nutrients in the ground left but <laughs> hypothetically <laughs> that's what they that's what they would do yeah uh, and yeah it's, it's crazy how you know so many things are just tied to these other yeah and i mean if you think about the universe right like let's say space-time continuum think of it like the ocean right you're just this big suspended ocean right it's like a fluid type thing we'll call it the ether like i don't like using the word ether because ethereum ruined it all right? <laughs> i mean ether actually is a word from a theory from the early 1900s that actually nikola tesla was really involved in um if you research nikola tesla you find that he sent some letters to albert einstein he was completely offended by einstein's theory uh, because it neglected the ether it neglected the substance of space right so einstein was correct in certain aspects of his determination. Uh, I mean, the space-time curve, the curvature of space-time around gravitational fields. Too bad it wasn't like Twitter back then. See those two shit talking back and forth. Oh my gosh. Tesla and, and yeah, Einstein. Yeah, I mean, Einstein though was like, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's another one of those like, you know. But um, so Nikola Tesla was really, and I mean, now, if we look at practical applications of different people's understanding of the material universe, right? Einstein's practical application was nuclear bombs, right? And that's where Einstein is known for, is he helped perfect the fission process using plutonium implosion weapons, right? Which one could say Thank is, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one could say that's a feat and something amazing and the other could say yeah. the whole equation e equals mc squared is all about nuclear bombs right it's about nuclear physics energy equals mass well if you, well, if you need us to uh, wipe off the whiteboard behind you i guess we could always <laughs> no i mean we it's easy c c represents the speed of light that's just a constant for the speed of light so energy e equals m mass times the speed of light squared so in other words a little bit of mass equals a lot of energy, right? The speed of light squared is a big number. So any little teeny bit of mass multiplied by that is lots of energy, yeah. right? So that equation is just showing the equivalence of matter and energy and showing that you can destroy matter, AKA a nuclear bomb to create energy, right? Um, that now, I think we only be one line of code then. Yeah, so, yeah. Right? So very important line of code. Yeah. This, so Einstein's whole 
foundation is based around this and like relativity and whatever, which like has been proven the speed of light has actually been measured um, faster than what he said was possible, right? So they're starting to find like, oh, and then you got quantum and all this other stuff. So Tesla was into this whole medium, right? So coming back full circle, you have, if you imagine like space or the space-time continuum is kind of like this ocean, you're underwater in this ocean. Now, if you, Tim, let's say, swim over next to me, what's gonna happen, right? You're gonna create ripples in this water, which are gonna travel, and like, if I'm just sitting here, let's say, meditating, I'm gonna feel a whoop, you know, I'm gonna feel a bump, right? Or, like, these fields are all interacting, and these energy moves through these mediums and connects together, so think about, like, a planet, like a rock, or a moon, and as these things are moving through this medium, it's causing all these ripplation patterns that are all interacting with other ripplation patterns, including our own, and thus, then we get this experience, right? Ripples ru <laughs> ruining that word, too, ripplation Dude, patterns. Dude, I know, Ripple, seriously. I mean, <laughs> everything, this is not meant to be puns over here, and I try yeah. not to swim next to people meditating, I just, you know, <laughs> I try to have, I try to have some decency over so, here. Yeah, so that, that's how all these fields start working and the moons and the Schumann frequency. And then, like, that's where astrology comes in with the planets and everything, right? Like, right now, we have Jupiter and Pluto having conjunctions, which hasn't happened for 2,000 years, right? The last time there was major conjunctions with Pluto, which... What do you mean by conjunction? Um, so it sits kind of like this, where it hits, like, you have an opposition and then you have a conjunction where they're kind of next to each other, right? Um there, so the last time Pluto and Jupiter and Saturn had three conjunctions like this, um, and then finally a great conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn um, at the December 21st, the last time was about 2,000 years ago, right? And Pluto represents destruction, right? As soon as the first conjunction happened, it was actually early April, oil, economy collapses, civil unrest, peak of the pandemic, right? Then um, I get divorced. <laughs> now, we're, now we're coming up on the next, yeah, I mean, it's, you've got divorced, exactly. There's a lot of divorces happening too, which is good. Then you get the next conjunction end of June, right? June 28th. So we have a couple weeks running up to that. And you know, the planets kind of came out of retrograde a little bit ago, and then all of a sudden riots start happening, right? And then I think we're gonna see the economy. Good. I'll be, I'll be, in, I'll be at Pork Fest then for June 28th. So at least by then I'll be surrounded by a thousand other libertarians. <laughs> so. Hell yeah, man. So it goes down, at least I've got uh, some backup. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say like, shit's gonna go down i mean the first conjunction really set off like how everything is going to materialize right which i saw economic turmoil i saw pork industries getting destroyed right i mean um we're gonna be seeing more indictments we're gonna be seeing more civil unrest like i mean we're in the we're in and the, with the pork stuff like you're not even then allowed to even like i was talking to a guy out in uh actually new hampshire massachusetts border and he was saying that you know he was offering to go buy up these hogs but he said no because of the deals they have with tyson and purdue that you that no you actually have to kill these pigs you can't just go mm -hmm. and sell them to somebody else but all you know i'll, I'll have to have that guy on as a guest because he's yeah, you know, yeah. fascinating but, it's uh, crazy with so this Pluto Jupiter conjunctions, right? We have a final one November 17th, and then we have a final Jupiter Saturn conjunction at the end of the year. So, um, interesting enough, I've been just watching the planets a little bit more than I usually do this year, um, and they've been lining up pretty significantly. So, if each one of these planets is like a different object in the sea, right, and as they're moving, they're creating ripples, and that's interacting with all of us, right? And when the planets get close to each other, they're, they're energies are amplified with one another when there's a conjunction and they're amplified and you know in a certain way and pluto is the planet of destruction right when also the way it is works is it still a planet these days i don't know they're always uh, <laughs> yeah 
And the farther out the planet is too in the solar system, the stronger influence it's going to have on us, right? Just because of its orbital pattern. So the last time that um, I saw some pretty significant Jupiter, uh, Pluto conjunctions was 1965 and 66, um, where there was three Uranus and Pluto conjunctions, right? Which um, back then, like the foundation of rock and roll, that was the starting of kind of this this shifting into a new age what the new age means is just you have a polar star and there's a precession of the equinox which means our polar star points to a different constellation every 2000 years right now we're coming out of pisces and into aquarius right so the transitionary time is about 100 years right and the piscean age was about secrecy and you know that's why we have so many secret societies secret knowledge occult blah 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 and then aquarius is about innovation and freedom and expression right that's the the bringer of water so this really started off in like the early 50s with rock and roll that started breaking down the religion and all that you know all those these institutions right and then it's complemented in 1965 and 66 where there was massive protests black lives right there was the the freedom movements with Martin Luther King. There was the Beatles. There was John Lennon saying they're more popular than Jesus. And there's like riots from saying, churches. I was right? like, I go to MLK. Okay. He was taken up with the FBI. Then uh, yeah. Lennon probably also taken up with the FBI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there's all these things right now, these three conjunctions that happen in 65, 66 between Pluto and Uranus. Uranus is the planet that rules Aquarius. Right. So that was like a huge stepping in, beginning of you know the cultural revolution that is the age of aquarius right and that's why the hair you know they say dawning on the age of aquarius right um so then you get down to now where we have these jupiter saturn pluto conjunctions saturn is structure right and jupiter is philosophical beliefs and then pluto is destruction so the structures and philosophical structures of the system are dissolving, right? And every time these these conjunctions come through, it's like think of these massive gravitational fields that are acting upon all these other fields. And these massive planets. I mean, Jupiter and Saturn are huge planets. I mean, they're. I mean, a number out of my rectal file. I think I recall five hundred to a thousand times like Earth could fit in like Saturn and Jupiter. I mean, these are just massive planets, and their gravitational fields are interacting with us right like we gravity acts instantaneously right at a distance it's, it doesn't travel gravity waves are just this kind of like quantum entanglement they just happen it's just boom gravity's acting on this object a million miles away it doesn't need to travel right so all these fields are interacting with us and they're coming around and then you got these conjunctions and it's it's cool to see like how the planets and everything are interacting with this right and how it's all kind of like flowing together in this is this mix of changes so it's like on the more cosmic perspective, there's a lot of like really important things that are shifting right now. And, you know, it in one hand is the end of the world. It's the end of that world. It's the end of that way of doing things. Right. And that's why there was all this like Armageddon or end times or, you know, but now do you calendar. see people like, uh, like Google and all these other tech giants who are now they can see that the things are shifting and now they want to take this. I mean, cause really what Google is, I mean, if you, if you go and, take the collective consciousness of everybody searching for stuff and doing things on their own you can then become this ai in of, of itself that can yep. then predict the future and then they know then the you know the powers that were then know where the future is going and then they then hijack it and maybe they don't need to fully take it over but they can steer that ship and save it just like a tiny bit this way and this all. is what's so fun about what's happening right now man is they can't predict 
what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, right? Like, I think there's a lot more spontaneous things happening that are outside of the realm of the predictions. And AI is a purely logical construct, right? If we look at, like, planes, right, planes of the mind, let's say, you start with the first, right, word, vibration, right? There's just a word. It's a point. It's a vibrating word. Then the next is association. You associate this word with this object, right? Cup, word, association, right? Then the third is reflection, right? I now have this association, and then I reflect that association back upon myself and do self-reflection, right? That's third plan. Then from that, you get to logic, right? Where after reflection, you can create logical sequences and constructs. Well, I see them breaking that down because now you have these words that the words don't really mean what they used to mean, or they then... Big igloo like backyard barbecue right like the boogaloo stuff right like that's the meme wars or any i mean anything i mean uh it's almost like when it's up is down down is up type yeah and so the ais really can only extend like word association reflection and logic like even like the swastika used to be like a this was peace. Like a peace Buddhist. And I've also heard some people say that the peace sign used to, was like sort of like a sign for like destruction. They've then turned to a sign of good and they've taken the sign of good and turned it into a sign of evil. Oh, they like to and do that. And then they that, take, yeah. you know, what is, you know, conservative. And then, well, I mean, there's nothing really conservative about, you know, quote unquote conservatives. And they take liberal and today's version of liberal. There's nothing that's liberal about that. And so, I mean, like, here's one Anut Corpus, right? Yeah. The pyramid with the all seeing eye. That is actually an ancient symbol um, that symbolizes the third eye, right? Yeah, so maybe we can get it up into that camera over there. So yeah. We've got... Oh, let's see if we can go. Oh, let's do it. Let's try to there. There we go. Everyone's seen what the dollar bill looks like. Let's see. There we go. Boom. Yeah, so that... Yeah, next time I called 100. No, it's getting Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the symbol of the third eye, but they put it on these bills, right, to make it seem like it's bad because part of the Illuminati's agenda is... And then the fluoride then also affects your third eye, pineal gland. Pineal gland, yeah. It yeah. calcifies your pineal gland, right? Um, so they, they've made these, like, occult symbologies, right? And they really are ancient symbols that mean, you know, different things, right? Your third eye is just your chakra, right? So but they pyramid, try to so make it... So pyramid isn't necessarily bad, but then they associate it with... Illuminati stuff and then it becomes anything then it becomes then people are like oh my gosh the all-seeing eye pyramid oh terrible evil scary right oh bad Illuminati but and so it allows you know it keeps people from this because like the Illuminati is really into this occult symbology and stuff because they understand the mechanisms of the universe the vibrational physics that's why we're in such dissonant frequencies right they created that on purpose it's another form of control grid that keeps you at a lower frequency or a lower awareness and that lower awareness prevents you from becoming aware that you are self-enslaving right then on like on all the social media platforms they got everybody to show solidarity for black lives matter by putting this like black square black cube on their yeah, profile yeah. and like black cube is like of saturn is like one of the most satanic symbols there is which i don't know a ton about that but yeah. and that's only recently kind of come on my radar yeah. So, I mean, when you're saying like they're predicting and they're AI and whatever, right? The AI only works like up to the four planes, right? Four plane. But the fifth plane is spontaneity. A lot of art comes from that. It's like, why did you do this? I don't know. It just spontaneously came. I just felt like doing it. And it just came. Right. And a lot of the core of human creativity comes from that spontaneity, right? That just materialized. I don't know. And, you know, AIs. They, don't, they, they they can't predict spontaneity because it's out of the realm of can't logic. Can't predict Bitcoin being invented one day. I mean, yeah. changing the game. So you're on this whole paradigm, and all of a sudden yeah. you see the paradigm gets shifted, 
and now you're seeing you know the pentagon even talking about and actually i can got new capabilities over here so we can go to the screen but let me see if this actually i might need to switch my screen a little bit here to get this to fit right so if you guys bear with me but uh it does say pentagon documents uh reveal that the u.s has planned for a bitcoin rebellion and it basically goes on to say you know imagine a world where generation z rebellion that uses bitcoin to undermine and evade the establishment and in the pentagon war game young people born between 1990s and early 2010s use cyber attacks to steal money and convert it to bitcoin and this is i mean these are war games that the 2018 joint land air and sea strategic special program or, or jlas uh set up this war game going back to, this is fictionally set in 2025 and intended to reflect a plausible depiction of major trends and influences in the world and uh you know it's just it's sort of crazy that you've got they call it the civilian that you're seeing that this is you know what's on you know front and center and you know well, the pentagon's you know and, wargaming yeah and i mean they're saying that too just as a form of conditioning people's psychology to start accepting bitcoin as a more mainstream instrument because um i think we mentioned this a little bit earlier um i think we got sidetracked on a tangent like we usually do um we had the the our bitcoin if you look there bitcoin and tulips and bitcoin's dead and right then after 2014 right is when the mainstream started saying 2014 is the year Bitcoin grew up and became not a wild west, right? That's when they started trying to regulate it. And that is when Blockstream appears, right? This company that comes to save Bitcoin and blah, 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 and segregated witness and lightning and yada, yada. Speaking of Illuminati and Bilderberg. Yeah, if you look, at, if you look at the formations of it, um, the chairman of the Bilderberg Group owns an investment company called Axa Ventures, and Axa Ventures put 80... Henry, Henry DeCastries and Henry... De, it, by coincidence, the very first company I ever, I've ever interviewed for was AXA. Just oh, by really? And I actually huh. gave my AXA shirt or sweatshirt to uh, Tone Vase to try wow. to troll him, except then Tone ended up liking it. I'm like, damn it, it's supposed to, it's supposed well, to that piss would you be off. Tone. Not, and then he ended up liking it. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so Blockstream was funded about $80 million from that. So then you have the scaling Bitcoin And he was also chair of the Bilderberg Committee. Uh, yep. like, I think like yep. four or five times or from like yeah, 2014 yep. to 2018 and like yep. again last year randomly yep. or something. And then you see Ethereum, right? Then we see Ethereum come out and they've got this promise of whatever they do. The DAO, um, I think the DAO hack was probably some sort of sponsored attack or some sort of person trying to reveal their true colors. But I noticed after that, after they showed that they were willing to compromise on principles of decentralization, that's when the banks got interested. The if you Ethereum, notice, Ethereum Enterprise Alliance. That's when the, it started, right? Is after they got co-opted, right? Or after they showed that they would fork the protocol, and then they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, now we can just go take over Vitalik." And I mean, Vitalik didn't even code Ethereum. If you look, he's he's the puppet. He's just a. He's a weird kid looking weird enough that they can make him a puppet to make everybody think he's a genius. Sounds like Mark this. Zuckerberg. I don't I don't buy the Zuckerberg story for like no, one second. At no, all. Zuckerberg's I mean you get into Lifelog and then Lifelog yeah. was the CIA like the CIA put out a uh, basically a government contract saying, Hey, we'd like to create this basically they it basically was like the blueprint for Facebook and then the day Facebook was launched was the day Lifelog then pulled its application from like the government system but then yeah. what you're talking about the dow just so people at home know it's this whole i mean i don't want to get into like all the inside baseball weeds of it well and a because i can't but basically <laughs> it's uh 
you know, essentially there was, you know, money that was stolen in Ethereum. And then what, what they ended up doing was saying, okay, we're going to basically split off the chain and make it look like that never happened before. And so one group said, hey, let's do this. Another group said, hey, let's not. And then the essentially now you have Ethereum Classic, which is the actual, I guess, Ethereum that had the DAO stolen from it. And then yeah, it the never other. overwrote. So they're like everything's in a blockchain is a cryptographic structure. Right. And, you know, it's everything's changed. So like I, I try to use an example of like one plus one is two. Right. That's two. Well, now, not in Common Core anymore. It yeah. But then, then so. if we say the equation is um, Z plus one equals, you know, F or whatever. Right. So or F plus one equals F. Right. Like kind of a bit of a fractal. Right. The inputs feeding it. Right. So one plus one is two. That's our first number. Then we add one to that. That's three. And then, you know, we add another to that to the four. Right. So if we change the value of one plus one is two, that first equation, and we say one plus one is three it's going to break every single answer from there because then the numbers, instead of being four, it's going to be five, right? So that's kind of how this chaining works. So you can't change anything in the past, right, without redoing all of the work. But what they did is they overwrote, they made an exception in the code to say, well, you can't change anything except for this one contract, which we explicitly put in here as a hard fork and said, um, this one particular contract is no longer the DAO. It is a withdrawal contract. And it always has been a withdrawal contract. And we're just going to make an exception in the rule of the cryptography and the integrity of the system just this one time because it was a mistake and we all lost our money and yada, yada, right? And that that became the DAO, which like really set a precedence, right? And so then you link in Blockstream and you have this whole agenda. Now, after 2014, the narrative of Bitcoin and Tulips changed. If you noticed, uh, Thamos, uh, all of the you know, Bitcoin talk and things like that, our Bitcoin uh, eventually became RBTC because people weren't able to speak out against Blockstream. And any narrative that was against Blockstream then became the evil one, right? Instead of Bitcoin and Tulips, right? Because they co-opted it. And that's when it started really gaining notoriety. Um, and they then from there created the scaling issue with the scaling Bitcoin conferences and they rejected and then finally, after a bunch of debating and whatever, they you know they wanted segregated witness because they needed that to create the Lightning Network. There was a lot of people that didn't want the Lightning Network, but they finally agreed to do SegWit 2x, which says we'll give you SegWit if you give us a two megabyte block size, right? They said okay, like we'll do this agreement. They got SegWit, and they said, ah, sorry, we're not going to increase the block this size. This is like right around the time that I met you because I think um, we're on Ernie shows like August probably. Yeah. 2017 yep. and this was right around yeah. that time yeah yeah and they they refused to do it right which is the reason there is multiple bitcoins and multiple ethereums is the direct result of centralized decision making right it's just it doesn't it doesn't matter if you believe blockstream is good or bad the bottom line is is that there was centralized decision making and a large part of the community was extremely upset that's the only reason bitcoin cash exists and they believe that bitcoin cash is the real bitcoin and there is a large enough volume of people believing in bitcoin cash that it still has a large market cap it's not something like you can't just fork bitcoin and make it a 10 billion dollar protocol unless you have people supporting it so there's a large amount of bitcoiners that support bitcoin cash right now if you look at it too now the next aspect that they created was bitcoin maximalism right because when you create this tribal maximalist mentality, then nothing else can threaten Bitcoin because you need to eliminate all the competition from threatening your co-opt, right? And so 
they have to deliberately make the technology inept to create the problem that they can come save us from. The Galean right? dialectic of problem, reaction, and solution. And that's generally the, the, how should I say it, the way that uh, you know these types of people function is they create problems and then they come through and they save you from the problems that they created and then you oh, know it's some of the government hey we've broken your leg and here's exactly we've broken your legs but we're gonna give you 50 bucks so you can go you know get a band-aid <laughs> you know oh speaking of give you 50 bucks did you hear yeah. that i heard i think i read somewhere where and i don't this is i haven't verified this but i know that they're talking about there's like hey there's 35 million people who haven't gotten their stimulus checks now and so what they're proposing for the stimulus checks is that now they're going to actually give those 35 million who hadn't gotten their 1200 bucks yet, that that was going to be through like a fed dollar. That was going to oh, be God. like a Bitcoin type dollar. Cause you, now did you hear like the initial uh, proposal? The digital dollar, the $2 trillion one mint coins, UBI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is another agenda that, you know, during economic turmoil. So if you look at the history of the federal reserve, it was instituted in 1913. As soon as it was instituted, they did world war one, world war one destabilized the Ottoman empire, it destabilized the Russian royalty, which created the foundations for the Soviet union. Right. And it also created the treaty After of Versailles. Wilson said that he would not get us into world war one. Exactly. He got us right in there. So. Yep. Yep. And so then they actually signed the treaty of Versailles, right. At the end of world war one. Now, also, let's look else. What else happened in 1917 during World War One? There was the H1N1 pandemic. Feels sound familiar, right? It started out in early year 1917, where a small group of soldiers got sick on a military base, and then it just disappeared. Is this the Spanish flu that you're talking about? The Spanish but... flu, yeah. And then it, um, then I think six months passed, and then came autumn. People started dropping like flies, right? Because it spread all over the world because of the war. The American soldiers got, they infected their own soldiers and then got the soldiers to go infect the rest of the world. It wasn't the Black Lives Matters protest? No. So 30 to 50 million people ended up dying from H1N1, right? And they had some pretty strict, stringent, um, you know, controls put on people. So I always say to people when it comes to like this pandemic or pandemic, right? Um, it definitely there was a pandemic angle to it, but I think it's a reactive pandemic. Um, proactive pandemic would be you need a war to destabilize world economies to create the global financial reset because fiat currency is historically only last. Well, I think about the plan was years. to get into a war with Russia. And exactly have, and in twenty sixteen. Yes. In there. That the game plan was to get into. Then war do Russia. the pandemic in twenty twenty, right after the wars progressed very far. You know, you have nukes. You have you know terrible, horrible things happening. And then at the peak of the fear, you release a pandemic that's really deadly, that scares the shit out of people, pardon my language, and gets everyone to start, you know, self-isolating and self-enslaving because of their own fear. And then, you know, social distance. And it would have worked if we were in a wartime, right? People would have been already so inundated with the fear. Then the pandemic hits at the same time. Everyone's, ah, you know, please the save the us, government. You, have, you know, even have like the patriots who would then lay down and be like, oh, it's just for the good of the government. It's good of the good of the government, good of the people, America, right? So they needed this war, right, historically with pandemic to, to really do impact. So, I mean, if we look 100 years ago, history repeats itself. 1916 is around, well, that's probably, I think World War One started a little early, but we got involved around that time, right? 100 years, 2016. That was the year they were trying as hard as they could to really get that war started. But the thing is, ever since Trump was elected, they've been playing reactive, right? They haven't been able to be proactive because they've been reacting to everything Trump. They've been having to attack him with all of the media. You know, he's out of control. He's not a puppet, you know, all these different things. And then the economies are collapsing, too. So the reason they needed this war, too, is you need a war. I did, I did buy a signed Trump hat 
before the election, uh, thinking that he would win. So then I thought he was going to get off and that it'd be worth even more money. Not that I was hoping that, but that's what I, I'm yeah, kind of surprised. I'm, that, uh, I'm happy he's still alive and going, man. Like, I mean, I'm not necessarily into politics, but I'm just happy that there's somebody in power that's not a puppet, right? Um, and even if he's still doing some bad stuff, it's like, well, at least it's not like, at least he's, he's, dude, he's messing just, with the Clintons and messing with yeah, him. Yeah, other yeah. Other people. And so... You needed this, so 100 years later, we needed this destabilization of world economies because historically, fiat currencies, like on average, last about 30 years. The longest lasting fiat currency is the pound that's actually been, I think, 300 years, right? That they've been able to manage to keep that thing afloat, but it's lost like 99.5% of its value, right? I mean, well, it's then just. You take a look at who owns the so, reserve, and more than likely, it's probably. People connected to British royalty that owned yeah yeah reserve. Rothschild. I mean the and, very I mean the very first uh, yeah. central bank was openly owned by the British. Yeah. The second one was open. I mean, the, the second, city of London. Yeah, yeah yeah. I mean the first one it, it ended in 1812, and the British came down here and pardon language burned down the fucking White House. That's yeah, yeah. why they burned. And you know yeah. what? We're at we're, there's so many crazy things going on. I don't care about even language at this point. It's yeah, like there's yeah. so many. It's like if if you're not offended by the fact we're in like this slave uh, grid federal reserve system, but you're <laughs> Mad well, me dropping an F-bomb. That's me and you know, qualifying to you. To add to the whole British thing, too, a lot of people I don't think are fully aware of what happened after the Civil War. The Civil War wasn't about slavery. Slavery was already abolished before the Civil War. It was about seceding from the North, the Union from the federal government, right? And if you listen to the Gettysburg Address, it actually addresses everything that they've done now, which is creating a hyper-strong federal government to create central control over the decentralized states. And the Virginia Company, which was the original company that owned the colonies from you know back in the day, was actually just renamed to United States of America. And then another company was established called the United States of America Army, right? And if you look, your birth certificate is representation of your employment in the U.S. corporation, right? So it is literally a giant farm corp. And that's why they can take your children away because you are a debtor. You are owned. That's why you can't kill yourself, right? It's illegal because you're damaging government property because you're born as property. But there's other ways to circumvent that through this form called the UCC-1, I believe, where you can elevate yourself from a debtor to a creditor, right? And you claim your property like your children and they can't take your children from you after that, right? It's like a backdoor in the system that they need to have legal loopholes, right? Um, but I mean, that's all going away anyway. But like, so you need to see these fiat currencies were designed, the US dollar particularly was only designed to last about a hundred years, right? So they needed another war in 2016. In well, even, even Lincoln even said, there's a quote of him saying, I have an army in front of me that's the South, and I have an army of European central bankers at my rear, and I far more fear the army at my rear. Then you had uh, you know, the second Central Bank of America with Andrew Jackson, uh, both guns, a guy tried to assassinate him, both guns at point blank range misfired. Yep. He said that it was wealthy Europeans that put him up to it. And essentially, I mean, you have... Uh, and even like the Rothschild family, like that's not even like their real name. So their real name was actually Bauer... They had teamed up with the Oppenheimer family. The yeah. Oppenheimer family was like, hey, instead of lending money to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, it's much more beneficial to lend money to governments. And so they got money from uh, basically this prince that wanted them, to, this German prince, to invest into English bonds. Yeah. And then instead of investing in the English bonds, they sat in the money, found out Napoleon had lost, spread a rumor yeah. saying Napoleon well, had won. They did that. Yeah, they created because they were funding both sides. One was funding Napoleon, one was funding Britain. Yeah. And then when they found out that, that the rumor was wasn't real by then the they had bought up all the bonds they had already bought up well they basically bought the entire stock market and the bonds and then they gave back the british the german prince the money that they should have and now at the time the germany i think was into like several different areas it wasn't just like one 
unified German. And then the shield in her door was a red shield, and that's how the Bauer family became Rothschild because red shield in German was Rothschild, Rothschild uh, family. There you go. And then that's and then they sent all the yeah. sons to the different banking centers, yep. and uh, and now like and then you get then they teamed up with the royal family, yep. with the royal family to help start the Bank of England. And then if you yep. take to trace back the roots of the royal family. They were before they were in England. They were in uh, they were in Germany. Then before Germany, they were in Transylvania, and then I mean Romania area. And then you do you do know who like their direct descendants of? This sounds like absolutely crazy. No, I'm not sure. Oh man, dude, I'm about to blow your mind. Oh yeah, this let's is, do this. And please call me out on this because this sounds ridiculous. And you guys can go. There are videos that I can even show you of Prince Charles walking around Romania, walking around Transylvania, talking about how they are direct descendants of Vladis Tepes. You know who that is, right? No. Fucking Dracula. Oh. So the royal well, family I mean, is literally direct dude, descendants of... So, yes. I mean, and this is where truth gets a little stranger than fiction. Uh, you'd be surprised how many vampires there actually are. I mean, I've actually met people that are straight up vampires. They just love to suck blood from people, right? I mean, there's... Well, we're there's, let's go back to Google. We there's a to- lot more of that than you would think. And I mean, there is... Uh, how should I say it? A science behind it. Um I mean, we get into like adrenochrome now, or no, no, no. I mean, it's kind of an energetic side of things. So, without getting too esoteric, right? uh, You know, there's there's energy, right? Life energy. Let's just call it electromagnetic energy. And uh, your blood contains a lot of this electromagnetic energy, right? It's kind of your aura, if you've your life force. So your aura is kind of the lower, the lowest form of that. It's called your lower mana, right? If you've ever heard the term manifest, people like I'm gonna manifest this. Oh, the secret, blah blah blah. That's you know introductory understanding of like this whole mechanism but if you think about like mana fest right a festive festivities of (laughs) mana right mana is energy so when energy is collected in a place it brings um new things into the physical right it i mean Science already proves it. E equals MC squared. Energy and matter are equivalent. So when you take energy and you concentrate energy into a spot, it's going to physically create things, right? That's manifesting, the whole idea of manifestation. And so this mana, right, you need a source of mana to manifest, right? So if you're too blocked off from the light and you can't get a source, let's say you're just in this forest, it's just growing everything, and you're like, ah, and you can't plant a seed because the light won't reach you need a source of mana from someone else, right? So you the, get the that. Blue, the blue blood royalty, which that's how they got their, their blood. names. Because they, 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 at the time, the, uh, the Spanish hated the Moors because they had invaded. And so the royalty then in Spain then hid the, basically made it so that they're they were they want they didn't want to be, you know have a nice tan like I do so they wanted to get they wanted to make themselves as white as possible and so then they were so white that their blood looked blue to their skin yeah. and that's how the the term blue blood you know came about so, so yeah so even getting tying back to the elites and uh, yeah and they're very well aware of these things that's why there's like occult symbols also I mean the Treaty of Versailles was signed on the 11th hour it was actually signed November 11th. Um, at 11, 11 a.m. and 11 seconds, right? Because 11 is a, a number of gateways. It's a gateway, right? It's like a, if you look at like 11, 11, it's like a portal, right? Is that it's why people opening. say like, oh, it's 11, 11, <laughs> make a wish? Or is that yeah, yeah, 11, that? 11 is kind of like, it just think of it as like a, a gateway, right? A, a cosmic gateway. So 11, 11, it's like an opening for a new beginning, right? So 11, 11 is a powerful number. It's a vibration, right? Remember, everything is information, right? Vibrations carry different forms of that information. So 11 carries a specific vibration. 
that when utilized with dates and significant dates, it's powerful to create. So the Treaty of Versailles actually set up the economic destruction of Germany, destroyed like a lot of the Ottoman Empire, the start of the foundations basically, of the Soviet basically Union. guaranteed World War II. I mean, it guaranteed World War II, right? So they've known about all these things. Now, when it comes to blood, right? Mana, right, is in high concentration in the blood. The blood is a carrier of mana, right? Because the mixing of sugar, right, in your bloodstream, the blood sugars that all the food converts into, and oxygen, that mixing together is what generates this mana right this lower mana so we're all generating that in our blood that's our energy you know your chi if you if you study different like qigong or things like you can start to actually work with this energy and like samurais know how to work with this energy where they can just boom and do that and knock someone on their butt like completely right it's there's there's tons of stuff it's just physics right and the reason that it's esoteric is because it's a hidden knowledge that we if we became aware of it we wouldn't be able to be slaves be right because we have to create our own reality of enslavement. They cannot force us to be slaves, right? We're too powerful of creatures, right? Back in the day, a lot we of have slaves to believe. Had, mask, had a lot of masks on the slaves too back in the day yeah. too. I mean, <laughs> so we have to believe in our own enslavement in order to be effective slaves. And to believe in our own enslavement, we have to believe that we're stupid, we're dumb, that the government's better than us, that there's other people that know more than us, that blah, 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 all these things. But then have the illusion that we're having, you know, help. So like Obama with hope and change and, you know, all these things, right? PSYOPs. So the, the roots of this vampirism really actually comes into this weird occult black magic, right? Which black magic is just utilizing mana, life energy, to create things, right? To force things to happen and willing it with your mind, right? Which is extracting that mana out of blood from people or that's why they do weird sex rituals and that's why they're actually into children right because children have a pure stronger mana and they want that mana right they don't have like a source a red hot chili pepper or something the blood so they, sex magic or something yeah they, they have to steal all of that in order to do these things right and so that's when you say that it's really not that far-fetched right i mean truth is stranger than fiction and when you start to really wake up i mean <laughs> We've grown up in this world that seems like it's the Stepford Wives, right? Everyone's happy and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, the world's not perfect, but, you know, you try to do better. Like, trust. Oh, I tried to change the world my whole life. I just gave up. Like, it's just not going to, you know, like all this stuff, like all these stories. And we're in this, like, illusions, right? And now that these these things are starting to come off, it's just like, yes, they eat babies. Yes, they Well, then also, I mean, let's they, get back. So they I've got root a, in vampirism. I've got it. It's the Samsung right here, but it runs off of the, I mean, the Google phones run off of an Adreno processor. Mm. The browser on the Google phone would be... It's called Adreno. No, Chrome. Chrome, Adreno Chrome, yeah. <laughs> that that <laughs> is also you, another... Then pick, a, then pick apart the Google symbol, and it's actually a, like three sixes interwoven. Yeah. And it's well, like, and, well, so, I mean, here's the thing, too, though. Like, three sixes, right? Six, six, six. Uh, carbon-12, okay, is the most stable isotope of any isotope. An isotope means it has a different combination of neutrons compared to the protons, right? The atomic number defines the element. So carbon, right is element number six, okay, because it's got six protons. Carbon-12, the isotope, is the six protons, six neutrons, and six electrons. So the most stable, radioactively speaking, right, like the most stable isotope of any isotope on the periodic table is carbon-12, 666, right? So what does 666 symbolize? It symbolizes matter. It symbolizes the creation of matter, the physical world, right? 666. And if you ever look at it too, if you take three sixes together, right? One, two, three, it looks like a spinning planet, 
right? Like it's the numbers of matter, right? So the, the beast, all that stuff, it's just esoteric bullshit to just mean matter, the physical world. Boom, here we are, right? It's not necessarily evil, right? There's nothing particularly wrong with it. It's just a little bit denser and heavier and things move a little slower here and we forget shit when we come here, right? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yet just speaking into that, now like these guys, like they know about all these things and that's that's what makes them such a good opponent, right? Because they have interwoven all of these different disciplines. I mean, can you even like watch to... TV or movies or stuff without being able to see? Like, I mean, it's just, I don't. I, I don't. I can't, I, I can't even watch stuff because I see. I, I see like every single place of where they're trying to put propaganda. And yeah, just, I uh, just I can't. Dude, I don't even really listen Pandora streaming too much anymore because. I was just, you know, jamming, listening to music and, you know, coding and stuff. And then all of a sudden I hear this like, oh, dark days are gone. Dark. I was like, hey, this is a cool song. Like, I'm, I'm dead. The dark days are gone. Yeah, like going into the light, right? And then I go and I check the lyrics, right? And it says the dog days are gone. I'm like, okay, dog days. And then I start reading the lyrics. It's by this band Florence and the Machine, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I start reading the lyrics and it's like, you killed me with your kisses. Your love smothered my blood. I'm just like whoa, like, think this chick's like, I mean, I just could feel this, like, whoa, like, I'm feeling this really dark vibe coming off of this chick, right? And I just like do a little bit of, like, Florence and the Machine Illuminati, and it's like, boom, all this occult symbology and weird things, and, and like, I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't even, like, I got to be careful. Even that, I'm just on, like, opera now. I just switched everything to opera, like, you a combo Puccini, like, I'll, I'll stick with you. None of this modern bullshit, because there's just, like, Dude, you never know when they're going to be slipping that stuff in, man. Like, And those frequencies. And they, now, who's that new one? Like, Billie Eilish? Like, my daughter is, like, in love with her. And I'm, like, tell my wife, like, oh, thanks for... And then they're, like, trying to talk about, like, all the obvious satanic symbols in there. Like, yeah, oh, you're crazy. Yeah. And I'm, like, no, this is, like, well, the and- most insane programming satanism though man is like if you look at 666 666 is the number of matter right and i've seen a lot of the q people right especially now are getting really weird into the satanic like they're all satan words it's like chill right like they're if you energize things like that, you're gonna make them more than they are, which is gonna make your experience of those more unpleasant. Even right? like the contact tracing bills are all like ending, and I think it's four sixes, but it's like HR one six 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 six. Yeah, yeah. Like- Just think of six 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 as symbolizing materialism. Okay, the devil, the the evil, right? Evil is just a. <sighs> Evil is just error that's perpetuated, right? Sin means missing the mark. Like, I'm pointing there, and I accidentally go that way, right? I didn't make the mark, right? Oh, yeah, nope, nope, over this way, Colin. You're, you're missing the mark a little bit. That's what sin means, right? It, if you look at the original derivation of Latin, right, in terms of it, now, that word has been bastardized since then, but it just means simply an error, right? One plus one is three. No, Colin, it's two. Oh, thanks for correcting me, Tim. But let's say you have some errors too, right? You have sins, right? And then I'm like, one plus one is three. You're like, actually, one plus one is five. I'd be like, oh, thank you. Wait, no, actually, I think one plus one is eight. And you're like, no, one plus one is 50. I'd be like, no, one plus one is a million. And we keep going and we keep going. What's happening is we're increasing our margin of error. An error compounds upon an error if it's not corrected, right? So it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and a bigger and bigger and bigger error to the point where the error becomes uncorrectable within a designated period of time, right? Like somebody's becomes because now you've had to you've wrapped around you've invested so much into a lie that was built on the foundation a lie that now you can't unwrap or now you've got an institution that is then Ernie would call it Steiger's law where you have now all of a sudden it's not about the whatever the institution was formed about it's about you know the institution so oh we can't 
take down the Catholic Church because, you know, of all the pedophiles, because now, you know, they, what of all the supposed good that it represents as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So this era, right? These, these, they, they, who are they, who are they? Like, I like how Ernie says it. They are those who do not leave us alone, right? But they are also agents of error, right? Because error perpetuated, right? Consciousness is all referential and relative, right? Like, if there's nothing, just just imagine absolute nothingness, and then all of a sudden something exists. Is this something big or small? Well, it's not anything until something else exists to measure relative against it. Now, if this thing's this big and this thing's this big, then it's small. But if it's just this, is it small or is it big? It doesn't matter, right? It, there is nothing until you measure it against something, right? So the same with us. We measure ourselves against each other and against the world. So if you're in error and you're always measuring yourself against error, you're going to be perpetuating the error. Or people say, are you rich? Are you wealthy? <laughs> yeah, it's like, and, well, compared to what? I mean, yeah. And the error is over fixation on the material world, right? It's like greed is a product of trying to fill a dirt hole, right? A big hole with water, right? And you're just, you pour in water, buckets and buckets of water. And money's like the water. Materialism's like the water. What's going to happen? Well, it'll sit there for a minute, right? You'll, oh, wait, I have a pond. I can go swim in my pond for a minute. And then, you know, after a little bit of time, it slowly creeps away at you. So you get that temporary satisfaction. You're like, yeah, the hole's filled. Oh, wait, no, I think I need more. And you got to keep filling that hole, which keeps draining out, right? And then you start doing things to like fill it in with more water. I need more water. I need, so you start stealing water from your neighbor and stuff. And that starts digging your hole deeper and bigger and bigger. So these people, they're error right 666 the error the evil uh, whatever you want to call it right is simply just the fixation on it's an error to think you can fill a hole with water you fill it with fucking dirt and now it's also tricked them that's into now thinking about satanism and the devil because now they've become fixated on that and so many people are especially the cute people like they're satan worshipers they're blah you know yes in a way but like this whole satanism is a very like extreme personification of the simple idea of that overfixation on the physical world is just going to create a hole. And oh man, speaking need... of cute people, right before he came here, I got a voicemail yeah. from someone who like heard me on tinfoil hat and the voicemail was, <laughs> Hey, I got your number because I was, I, I really wanted to talk to you about, you know, whether or not, you know, Trump ended the federal reserve by all the, I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. so I, I put it on my Instagram, but now I've yeah, got... he printed $10 trillion. <laughs> If anything, he's emboldened them, made them even stronger. I mean, now they own it yeah. uh, like Hertz rental car for Christ's sake. Yeah, I, mean, I know, right? Uh, yeah, talk about Hertz and the gigahertz and everything, and then now yeah. you got you know the Hertz. But I mean, I've heard you probably have heard of the uh, you know, the, the rental car company that was bankrupt, and now they're doing an IPO in bankruptcy because all yeah, these traders that. on Robinhood who have no idea about the stock market are now pumping it in because I mean it ties back to everything we're talking about because then it ties back into like the penny stock thing and market cap and so now it's it's been exploding in not financial advice but it's been exploding in value because all these like penny stock day trader 10 year olds are not playing Fortnite anymore because they're day trading during the during the trading hours and even though they're at the pool i heard some lady that like obviously without you know offending anybody I could, you could tell she's not sort of like the shoe shine boy giving stock tips and i heard overheard her talking about her robin hood account like just you know like a teacher just out swimming in a pool talking about day trading agents of error brother they are agents of error and it's also death by a thousand irritations right if you're constantly irritated right by stoplights 
by cops, by people, by lines, by drivers. People that are, people that are cops driving. Death <laughs> by a thousand awful. irritations, right? Like you just, you know, oh, the stoplight. Ugh. We're in actual Senegal, Africa, I believe. Um, this is at least what I heard anyway. Um, my friend said that they have the lowest amount of traffic accidents in the world because they have no stoplights because people actually have to think, right? Stoplights in a way disable us, right? They make us dependent on this light to change, to think and all these things. And it's also part of the death by a thousand irritations. You ever wonder like you're at a light and you're like, why is this light red when blah, blah, blah. It's designed that way. It's designed to be inefficient. It's designed to be that because it keeps you constantly irritated. It keeps you constantly. And then they were like right? jacking with yellow lights to then be able to get more tickets. And actually, not too far away from here, I guess, is like one of like the worst places like in the country of traffic of people running red lights and dying at like I think over like in Glendale and some other areas. Like, yeah. some, like literally, some of the worst places in the world are yeah. like fifteen minutes away from us. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and so, it is bad. Like I so. Just just to finish the point, because I feel it's important for people to know, because there's a lot of people that are seeing a lot of terrible things. When you start talking about like vampirism, right? I mean, it, in the physical sense of it, right? Like, I mean, yeah, sure, you're extracting mana out of something, but you're just digging a deeper hole and you're trying to fill it with water, right? And then there's all these other constructs of like matter and evil and blah, blah, blah. I mean, which really is just the consumerism materialist agenda, right? I mean, that's all it really is, is just the overfixation on material things and the destruction of natural important things for that materialism, right? Like destroying rainforests, you know, to create coconut oil or palm oil and, you know. Yeah, everything other... could be hemp seed oil. Yeah, yeah. Hemp... I mean, yeah. everything. And I mean... so, I mean... In order to correct that, right, because error needs to be corrected, we need to get more harmonious, we need to get more connected with the earth, more connected with nature, more connected with ourselves, right? And that is the antidote to this error, right? These errors that we're in. So, like, just just be careful about thinking in too dualistic of a perspective because dualism is a delusion, I should say, or an illusion, like, in absolute light, right? If this room, if it was just nothing but light, right, I wouldn't be able to see you. If it was nothing but dark, I wouldn't be able to see you either. Working right? on, I can turn on a few more of these. Now. Yeah, but you, so when opposites are carried to the extreme, they're alike. And if we go to this 2016 World War Three thing, right? Like if they pulled it off in pandemic and all of that, <clears throat> what would happen is a massive depopulation because, like I said, there's not enough computing power to control 1984, 7 billion people, right? Not even everybody's connected to the internet. There's too many unaccounted for people, right? They just can't account. They need so you can either increase computing power or kill no, off No, they people. can't. They or can't. kill off people was the second part. Kill of off that. people, yeah. So you need to get it down to about 2 billion, 3 billion, right? Um, but now. Not if we each have five devices or. Yeah. So when we look at it too, though, right, the 20, World War Three would have been a nuclear war. Right? They were they were heating up for the whole century with the Cold War with Russia and all this thing like nuclear war, nuclear war. That's the most effective way to kill five billion people, right? Nuclear war. But then here's the thing, right? They are agents of error. Okay, right? Remember, we were saying they are agents of error. Error is, you know, perpetuated far enough, compounded upon itself. Error can become quote unquote evil, rich. If you spell live backwards, right, what is it? Evil, Evil, right? Life is about growth and learning and expansion. Death is contraction and reduction and loss, right? So evil is a product of death, right? Death 
of your soul, of your spirit, of your mind is when you stop learning. You stop learning when you stop correcting your errors. When your errors become perpetuated, you're not learning anymore. You're stagnant. You're stuck. You're dying. Leave, live, evil, blah, right? It's pretty simple. It's not like ooh-ah mystical at all, right? Wow. It's just very simple <laughs> physics. But like, so you have these like dark and light delusions, right? Like you have the dark polarization that we've been through, right? Like, oh, the heat, the terrible, the people. Oh, so much war and famine. When's the world going to change? We're destroying our planet. Greta, how dare you? You're destroying our generation. You know, Greta Thunberg or whatever, right? Now, let's look at this. If they succeeded with the war, what's going to happen? We're going to have massive nuclear war. We're going to have 5 billion people dead. So then we're going to have a massive financial reset, which was needed because less CO2. All of these, all of these fiat currencies need to be reset under one global, more sustainable fiat currency that they can last for a few hundred years, 500 years, whatever, right? For their new world order. But they would have gone, right? Since they're agents of error, where is error? Error is in polarized thinking, right? Absolute light, absolute dark, they're both errors, right? We're not in that of good and evil. There's that of two evils, excess and deficiency, light and dark, good and bad, right? Duality is the illusion. So when you can integrate those perspectives together, that's what we're going into. But what they wanted to do was create a swing to the other side of the polarity chain. And we've already seen early signs of that, the equality, gender, sexual equal, right? Oh, we must be equal. Tim, you can't believe anything different than me because that just breaks our oneness and we're all one and we're all connected. And so you can't say anything mean to me because when you do that, it's going to hurt my feelings and I'm just as important as you. It doesn't matter if you're more skillful than me. I'm, I'm half mentally retarded, but I deserve equal treatment as you. So you need to actually be marked down with 10 equal points because you aren't equal to me because okay, you were born yeah. with straight. And that's the light porous agenda. Okay. That's the agenda that they're going to try to push. They're still trying it a little bit. They're trying to first create the darkness to make everyone like, oh, come save us. And they'll be like, we're going to save you with the light. We're coming in to change. And they will change things, but they change it to the light pool. Right? I mean, and so then you get back to you uh, get you know, like to Cecil this. Rhodes of, of uh, what's funny because my dog is actually Rhodesian Ridgeback. But Cecil Rhodes, I mean, was the basically he's a Rothschild front man that was uh, in charge of the beers. And he left his will, uh, this is probably stuff you already know, but in case some people out, out there aren't aware of this, but Cecil Rhodes left his will, entire last will and testament to creating a new world order, uh, basically these round table groups. And the first one was the Royal Institute of Affairs out in uh, Chatham House, London. And yeah. then the, the one out here in America was Council on Foreign Relations or CFR. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, then we, I mean, yeah, there's so many rabbit holes I could go through. Yeah, right and it's now. just, just, it, you know, as it was said uh, by the golden mean, right? It says that we're not in a world of good and evil, but a world of two evils and that of excess and efficiency. And you need to find the golden mean between the two. You apply that same thing to polarity with light, right? Light and dark. Like we need to find the balance between the two. And there's a propensity for us to polarize to either side, right? Right now, especially, there's a lot of polarizing happening. Black lives matter. White lives matter. You know, offender, you know, gender equality, blah, 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 like bankers, government, you know, like all these different people are like fighting for their polarized agenda, right? But what's going to change things is when we integrate these things, right? If you take the circle, right, you have a circle and you twist it, what does it look like? Infinity, right? 
So in the same sense, you have this infinite cycle of duality, positive, negative, and you're going through this cycle horizontally, ladder. the serpent moves on the ground because it represents just the movement of duality through matter, right? The I've even seen world. some things where the serpent was supposed to actually be a good symbol and the eagle was, the supposed, to be a bad, was supposed to be a bad yeah, symbol and they well, went and then they... The serpent symbolizes the formation of matter, the material world, which is not necessarily a problem. I mean, it's a bit of an error, but that's fine. It's whatever we all were learning, right? But it also symbolizes your kundalini, the seven-headed serpent, right? If you've heard that, that symbolizes the seven chakras on the kundalini, right? The seven-headed serpent, right? It's just chakras are just batteries. They're just storage of energy, right? And this kundalini is kind of what brings them and is holds them all together. Is chakra sort of like a chi or is that kind of chakras, into it? Or? Yeah, so chi, just think of chi in the conventional sense that people understand it is just an electromagnetic energy generated by the mixing of oxygen and blood sugar, right? Sugars in your blood, which creates your aura. We can actually measure and take pictures of your auras. It's science, right? You can go take aura photography. You'll see the colors of your aura. That's your lower amount of field. That's chi. Your chakras are different filtered energy centers of it. So think about everything is you have dimensions and then you have planes like we're in the space-time dimension right now. You have forward, back, left, right, and time moving forward, right? But then you have planes within that which are like octaves. So you have like on a piano, C to C is the octave. That's the dimension. The notes between them are the planes. And so information in an octave or a dimension breaks itself up into different sequences of information, right? If you take white light and you put it through a prism, it's going to be a rainbow, right? What's the colors of the rainbow? red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Oh, that's the colors of the chakras too. Why? Because that is the vibrational hierarchy of light. That's a vibrational hierarchy in which information and light will show itself in these different ranges, right? So same thing with our chakras, our energetic system, right? As we're generating all of this mana, you're gonna have different essences of that energy in different places right and they're the seven main power centers and they move they're just like big swirling batteries right um and they store and hold your energy right so you're, are they trying to keep us down to these lower levels uh um, powers yeah. that were, well so this energy moves down right it moves in from the cosmos down through us now at the base you have what's called the root chakra and that's the red chakra right now guess what blocks the root chakra what emotion Make a wild guess. It's not going to be hard. Fear. Very good. Anxiety. So yeah. fear blocks the base system, which means it blocks the entire stream. So imagine like chakras is like different pools of water kind of moving down and like water. Blocks the entire stream. Block stream. <laughs> block stream. Oh, oh my gosh. I didn't think of that. Damn. So many cosmic to the one to the one person out there that maybe gets that it blocks the stream (laughs) exactly it's blocking the stream uh, right like super uh, yeah yeah I didn't even think but that's brilliant yeah I mean so fear blocks this the stream of energy flowing through us right so it backs up your entire system so think about like a river and at the very bottom of the river is a big dam so the entire river is backed up right that's kind of what bitcoin right that same thing right like with the small block size 
when your transactions take ages to confirm, think of that as like a blocked root chakra, right? With fear. Once you have tons of energy trying to move through the system, there's only a small space because it's blocked for it to move through. So you get this backlog, right? And the backlog pushes up into our system and fills us with all this like, ah, cause you don't just have fear as a blocker. There's guilt blocks your sacral, shame blocks your solar plexus, grief blocks your heart, lies blocks your throat, illusion blocks your third eye, and attachment blocks your crown, right? So all of these things integrated together, then blocked by fear, people have your a lot crown of guilt. Your, or your corona. No. Yeah, they have a lot of fear, they have a lot of guilt. I mean, if you think about it, Catholicism first installs fear, then it installs guilt, and then it installs shame, right? Those are moving up your chakras, blocking each one of them. So you're blocking the stream at every so possible point. First block them with fear than anything that slips then, by that one. Then, then shame can't effectively be evacuated, right? Shame requires fear to be gone to be evacuated, right? So now you have this blocked fear and then you have all this guilt and shame and grief and lies and illusions and attachments blocking the rest of the system and those blocks can't get out because the fear is holding it, right? So that's why fear is such a powerful controlling force, right? They know about these things too. That's why they utilize it. And that's why they're such effective adversaries, right? I mean, it's they've done a great job controlling the world, but like, you know, it's time for it to change. And that's, you know. And why. I think I know where I was originally trying to go with the Cecil Rose thing, which actually wasn't about him. I meant to talk about Paul Warburg, who was the, uh, the first basically head of the Federal Reserve. Basically, he was the godfather of the Federal Reserve who yeah. said we shall have one world government. It's only if it's a matter of it's through consent or conquest. And I think the conquest part was, you know, World War One, World War Two. They world realized that you can't have you can't have, you know, a guy with a funny little mustache, you know, coming through or can't have a Napoleon coming through and enslaving everybody. You've got to get people to beg for it. And so yep. now having setting up this like technocracy where people are saying, World you know, look at these, or, or they're just trying to beg for the solution. Please save us from ourselves. Please. Go. And see, and it that, could be like a it's going to be like a digital dollar and the digital dollar is going to be all tied up with this contact now, tracing. The biggest error of everything that's happening right now is you giving up your sovereign right as an individual to save yourself, right? Religion, governments, all these things are trying to take your power away by saying you need someone to save you. You need Jesus to save you. You need the government to save you. You need the church to save you. You need to confess. All those things are just planting blocks in energetic system. Fear of going to hell, guilt for your sins, right? When sins are natural, it's how we learn, we grow, right? Shame for our actions, you know, grief because of separate, and all these things that are constantly blocking us, they're designed to take your power away and make you believe that you need someone else to save you. And as long as you believe you need someone to save you, you're ripe for being exploited. You are full of security vulnerabilities and you will be hacked. But when you start taking things into your own hands and saying, what can I do to improve things? How can I contribute my sovereignty to the world and help be a part of this change? How can I save myself? And those, those are really, really important qualities for us to see nowadays is this individual sovereign self-reliance, right? The government right now with their universal basic income, with all these things, they're trying to create dependency on them because that's the only way they can stay relevant. As long as we depend 
on the government, then people are going to see them as relevant because with blockchain, with Next, it's like we can run every, we were just talking about creating financial instruments and like you can create a trust account where you can lock your funds up in there and you can't even be robbed. You make it more powerful than a bank because it's mathematically locked, right? All these different, we pretty much at the point technologically. So people, you buy a bank. No. The that's quality of the life we exist at with technology and what the government provides for us can completely be supplemented and augmented right with this technology we have now so the relevance of government to me is zero right now the only relevance they can make themselves have is we need to save you from people that are bad people right so trying to incite riots and stuff is going to be one thing that they're going to try to do right <clears throat> and then we'll save you from all these terrible wars and these pandemics and you know stay at home and then try to scare people from one another and like force people against each other and create all of this turmoil so that they can use that turmoil to save everybody but the thing is people are saving themselves man right like even if they're See, throwing gun, gun ownership skyrocketing yeah like, and even if people are throwing bricks through windows man like i don't necessarily condone and support that as a means of change but i do believe that especially it is, if it's asian provocateurs yeah starting i believe it's stuff. still part of the mechanism and at least people are doing something right they're doing something they're not they're not waiting around for someone else to go riot for them. They're going at it. I mean, at least it's something, right? And at least they're not being like, oh, hey, I'm going to have like the cops come save me. Or, like, I'm just going to vote harder. I'm just going to vote so much harder. Like people are actually taking, and that signifies that people are realizing the government is not going to save them. Now, this next conjunction, I was telling you the Pluto, Jupiter, Saturn conjunction at November 17th. Right now, there's an 87% probability of a Cat 3 hitting the East Coast this year because the Atlantic is much warmer than it should be, um, which is a recipe for very large hurricane activity. So I believe we're going to have a pretty severe hurricane season this year, um, which you remember 2017. So I wait to go buy a place. I remember, I remember your sister was down there like in the Key West. Yeah, 2017. Right, I was freaking out because it was right as there's a big... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, my mom decided to stay there. I was like, you know, you're going to die. I was like a cat five. And she's like, I'll be okay. I'm like, like, okay, whatever, you crazy woman. But um, yeah, I mean, so this year I'm predicting, right? Like, I mean, and this is based off of actual data too, that there's going to be a pretty severe hurricane season this year. Um, and I think that's also going to further signify to people that the government cannot react, right? We're at a point too with people population wise where centralization cannot function that's what i'm saying there's not enough computing power there's not enough governmental representatives there's not enough police you can't effectively put in a 1984 society with the amount of people that there are right now and that's part of the power that we have going for us right as long as we don't kill ourselves before then right like we have that going for us which well, means we don't have you know a second round of bioengineered pandemic to come kill us all then we'll be <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and they'll they'll try, but I think people. I think this is all just seeding us for you know round two, round three of. Some people have had those theories. I mean, I personally don't think this was a planned pandemic. Like I, I like I said, I think they're being reactive you rather think it could than be proactive. Like a bioengineer weapon that accidentally got out. Or yeah, so the the Wuhan virus facility actually is a specialist facility in manufacturing viruses, transferring them from animal to human. That's their main speciality and they want to beat the curve that way um based on just the properties of the coronavirus i don't think it was an effective weapon and i don't think they would in their right minds release an ineffective weapon 
Um, I mean, it was designed as probably a silent old person killer is what I would suspect it was because you silent carriers, youth doesn't get it, old people to start dying. It could be branded as like a bad flu season, right? This is how we solve social security. Well, so yeah, it was part of the solving the social security issues and potentially working on anti-riots in Hong Kong or something, right? But then patient zero, I think, got it accidentally, right? And then they got out and then it became never waste a crisis. Let's put out pandemic. And that's why it seems so poorly executed and like hyper draconian too. Like it just jumped on something that was happening that it got maybe got out accidentally and then they, and then they, on it. they got reactive, just like they were reactive to Trump, right? They were reactive to the stock market. They were reactive to oil, right? We watched it to the to charts still fucked, man. Like it's just minus yeah, 50. Well, the stock market is sort of like, oh crap, we need to get the sheeple back we in to, to sell them. And so I feel like this whole second rise, not financial advice, was to then dump it onto the oh, yeah. sheeple. Yeah. And then you'd go back like three weeks ago, it was like a record amount of high net worth investors dumping stocks to going into actually cash and gold of all things. Yep. Uh, and so when you see the high net worth where people and institutions going into gold, while at the same time talking down gold, while at the yeah. same time offloading their stocks to you know, some teacher Robin Hood trader, yeah. uh, or, I mean, literally there's headlines of 10 year olds who stopped. I need to use the restroom. Okay. Hold All on. Right. Yeah, 